Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Football with B-Wall. Oh man, we got a breakdown week four, incredible NFL action, and there is only one place to start, and that is last week's Thursday night game at Lambeau Field, where the Detroit Lions went into enemy territory and defeated the Green Bay Packers 34-20. to The score at halftime was 27-3. to Folks, this looked like a varsity versus JV game in the first half. Green Bay was embarrassed. Offense, defense, special teams, Jordan Love looked absolutely terrible. The Lions were intercepting. They were running for touchdowns up the middle. They were Amon Ross St. Brown, little deke, little pump fake, little go, little touchdown. Oh, it just, they're, they're just nothing went wrong for the Detroit Lions in the first half. Second time in a row they have come into Lambeau and laid one down on them. Of course, last year, last game of the regular season, Green Bay was playing to get into the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers, and the Detroit Lions ended their season that night 20-16. to This time, no Aaron Rodgers. man by the name of Jordan Love is their quarterback, and the Detroit Lions uh, ran roughshod all over them in the first half and then took care of business late in the fourth quarter. After a little bit of a rally for Green Bay in the third quarter, Detroit, of course, took their foot off the gas, which is somewhat human nature when you're up 27 to 3. Matt LaFleur, after the game, was asked by a reporter named Pete a very fair question Matt, what happened in the first half? I mean, saw Pete. I mean, we got our ass kicked. Find it. Happens when you have a for, to cause the first half like that, where you just you couldn't get nothing. I mean, we saw Pete. I mean, we got our ass kicked. If I knew, it wouldn't have happened. Matt, they didn't blitz until um, the last. BS question, man. Matt Lafleur says that's a BS question, man. Talking to. The reporter, Pete, who Pete says, what happened in the first half? And uh, Pete, he goes, you saw it, Pete. We got our hand kicked. It's a BS question, man. BS question, Matt LaFleur. You are the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. You are responsible for getting this historic franchise to play good football. And let me tell you something, folks. I'm going to tell you why Matt LaFleur is losing it at our friend Pete there, who's doing his job and asking the right question. What the heck happened in the first half, Matt? And Matt LaFleur, the pride of Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Let's do a little rewind. Took over Green Bay in 2019, led them to 13-3. and They got smashed in the NFC Championship 37-20. to that was the day Mostert ran for hundreds of yards and they couldn't stop him. The next year, 
Matt LaFleur has the league MVP and the league's best wide receiver, according to Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. He goes 13-3. and Very first home playoff game. Loses to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady and the boys come into his house and beats him 31 to 26 the next year. He is, uh, excuse me, that was the, they lost in the NFC Championship to Tampa Bay. And the next year they were, had the home game, lose to San Francisco 13 to 10. And once again, Matt LaFleur has the league MVP and the league's best receiver in Devontae Adams. Folks, Matt LaFleur is cooked. He's done. He had his dude. He had the dudes. He had the league MVP two years in a row. He had home playoff games, and he could not get it done, not even with the league's best receiver and the league's best quarterback. Could not get to the Super Bowl with those dudes. Okay. Now he's playing with Jordan Love, and he is getting hammered by the Detroit Lions in his own house, 27 to three in the first half. And so he is now very snarky with these reporters. And we know why. It's because he's cooked. He had his chance. He had the dudes. Couldn't get it done. And now you don't have the dudes anymore. And now it's ugly. Losing to Atlanta. Atlanta's not very good, folks. Um, so that's where you're at with the Green Bay Packers. I think Matt LaFleur is in deep, deep trouble there in Green Bay. The Detroit Lions are now 4-0 and against Green Bay in the last four games. 5-1 and in the last six games. Several of those games were with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so the tides have turned in the NFC North. Um, Another quick thing, the Detroit Lions, don't know if you saw it, but they now get a very nice piece back. A young man named Jamison Williams, he was suspended for six games. The NFL changed their policy. And now Jamison, J-Mo, is coming back this week. Jamison Williams is back early, and the Lions now have the player that can blow the top off the defense. This kid is fast as heck, is going to open things up in the middle of the field for Amon Ross St. Brown. And rookie sensation Sam Laporta. So the news just keeps getting better for Detroit as they will get him back two games earlier than expected. Okay, let's do a league whip around. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat Atlanta Falcons 23-7 in London. 
the Jags are the official team of London. They play there. I think they had signed a deal. They play there once a year since 2011. And uh, they will actually are staying the week, eating some fish and chips over there, uh, waiting for their next opponent in London. They're playing back-to-back games in London. Uh, the biggest game of the week, the Miami Dolphins, who hung a 70-burger the week before um, on the Denver Broncos, go into Buffalo and get smacked around by the Buffalo Bills. 48-20. to 20. And this is why I did pick Buffalo preseason. I like them more than, than Miami because of their defense. And I feel like they're a more well-rounded team. I don't see any weaknesses on the Buffalo roster. Miami's defense worries me greatly. I don't think they have the guys on that side of the ball. And when you get when you run into a good team who has a good defense, this is my worry for Miami. Now, Miami will light teams up that don't have a very good defense, and they'll continue to score big, big points. But when they're playing these elite defenses, I think it's a completely different story, and I don't think Miami has the defense to stop those teams. So Miami, I think I was wrong. I think they will be a playoff team, but I do not put them into the elite of the elite in the NFL this year because of their D. The Baltimore Ravens destroy the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. No Deshaun Watson for Cleveland. So they're playing with their backup quarterback, that kid out of UCLA. And he certainly is not ready uh, for a Ravens type of defense. So the Ravens look very, very good. Take care of business against a very good defense in Cleveland. So an impressive win for the Ravens, despite uh, the Browns playing without their starting QB. The Steelers, six The Houston Texans, 30. What? Holy cow. This is why this league is so unbelievable. You just do not know what's going to happen on a week-to-week basis. I feel bad for my Steelers friends. Uh, This was ugly, ugly, ugly. And I am officially wrong on C.J. Stroud. He has set records through four weeks for a rookie quarterback. Um... And C.J. Stroud can play. And I think his coach, D'Amico Ryans, has been excellent. Um, and I think he, he, he really motivates his players and connects with his players. And the Texans have been a surprise story. You know, don't still don't think they're going to be a playoff team. But, man, what a win over Pittsburgh. You know, and I think, folks, you'd have to say right now, I think the Texans have a better quarterback than the Steelers. Uh, you know, another, another rough go, um, for, for Kenny, Kenny P and, uh, it, it, it doesn't look good for that Steeler offense. We head over to the NFC where the Minnesota Vikings won 21 to 13 against the Carolina Panthers. There was a play in the, I think it was the third quarter, that completely changed the Vikings' season. The Panthers were up 13-7. to They were driving to try to make it a two-score game. And they fumble the football. 
The Vikings pick it up. They run 60-something yards. They score a touchdown to go up 14-13. Folks, the Vikings were on the verge of going 0-4 at Carolina, one of the weakest teams in the NFL. And they get a miraculous uh, scoop and score touchdown that completely changes the course of that game. And the Vikings stay at uh, go to one and three, and for now, <laughs> keep their season alive. But what a big play! And and that's another part of this league is that uh, you know one play can totally change things, and every game is so crucial. We go to the Rams and the Colts. We're the Rams. We're up twenty three to zero. The Colts come storming back. They make it 23 to 23. They go to overtime and Maddie Stafford gets it done in Indianapolis to win 29 to 23. Very interesting game. You know, again, B-Wall had the Rams uh, being terrible before the season. I put them in my top 10 in the NFL uh, two weeks into the season, said I was wrong. Um, the Colts, you know, I still like what they're doing. Of course, we know the B-Wall shocker of the year. Um, and I think there's there's really good signs from Anthony Richardson. Shane Steichen is a very good coach. Um, and so, you know, those are two very interesting teams, uh, in my humble opinion. The... Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into New Orleans and smack around the Saints 26 to 9. The Saints defense is pretty good, but their offense is atrocious. And I do think B Wall is going to be wrong in this division. It is looking like Tampa Bay is the best team. They have uh I think maybe even, I could argue, but I think they could have a better defense than New Orleans, and they certainly have more weapons and more capability thus far on offense. So it looks like Tampa Bay is the best team in the NFC South. We head over to Philadelphia, where the Philadelphia Eagles eke out a victory against the Washington Commanders, 34-31. to I watched much of that game, and I'll tell you, the Commanders were pretty impressive. They had some good plays on defense. They really moved the ball against Philadelphia. You know, when they made it uh, 31-30 to late, late in the game, I felt they should have uh, gone for the two-point conversion. And see if you can get, get shock the world in Philly and, and get that, uh, go for that, that two point. You're the underdog. You only got two yards. You've been moving the ball and you dial up. I'd like to see Biennemi dial up his best plays got and, and, and try to upset him. You know, because if you lose that coin toss and, and, and Jalen Hurts goes all the way down the field and scores, it's over. So I'd rather put it in my own team's hands. Um, now, of course, both teams end up getting the balls in, in OT, but you run that risk by going to overtime against a very good offense. So, you know, I'm surprised old Riverboat Ron didn't go for two there and try to, to steal a win in Philadelphia. But it was 
<laughs> it was a, a impressive performance for uh, the Commanders. Now, speaking of the Commanders, we got to talk about last night where they, they got destroyed at home 40 to 20 to the Chicago Bears. What? The Bears look like a real football team last night, and they went up and down the field, and Jordan Fields was dropping dimes to DJ Moore. And, uh, you know, folks, trying to figure this league out is impossible. What a performance from Chicago and a real head-scratcher, a real head-scratcher for Washington at home on a Thursday night against the league's worst team. So that really hurts them. They could have gone three and two. Instead, they're two and three, and they're they're you know shaking their heads, going, "What the heck just happened?" Cincinnati three, Tennessee Titans twenty seven. My goodness, Joey B. We're now on level four alert out of five for the Bengals. Joey B gets embarrassed again, this time to the Tennessee Titans. And I'll tell you, Vrabel is, is, is a guy who can get his guys to play. I did not think they'd be very good. That is an impressive win at home against Cincinnati. The Raiders lose 20, uh, 17 to 24 against the Chargers. Brandon Staley, one of the worst coaches in the NFL, tried to pull Brandon Staley things. Late in that game, they were up a touchdown. Their, their guy intercepts the pass, and he could have ran it about 95 yards for a pick six, and Staley waves him down to the sideline. It is like, Brandon, what are you doing? You could have gone up two touchdowns. Now, they ended up winning the game. But Brandon Staley, a a just a you know dumb move to tell his player to go down, and uh, he's he's lucky lucky to win that game. We head to Dallas, where the Cowboys came back to what they looked like the first couple of weeks after the terrible loss against the Cardinals. And they win 38-3 over Bill Belichick's Patriots. Uh, This was a curb-stopping, absolute beatdown. And the Cowboys came back to form and looked very good again. You know, is this what we're going to get from Dallas? A little bit of of being bipolar from the Cowboys after losing to the Arizona Cardinals the week before, but coming back and looking very impressive against the Pats. And we head to San Francisco where the 49ers demolished the Cardinals 35-16. to 16. That game, I don't know if you should say demolished. It was fairly close in the second half and they took over late. Um, but, you know, the, the Niners... I mean, can we say, can we say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that they're the best team in the NFL? I think you can make the argument they look like the best team right now. Um, loaded at every position. Brock Purdy playing really, really well. He's been a lot better than Purdy good. Been a lot better than that. So, you know, so far, San Fran uh, looks very, very impressive. We get, a, we get a clash of the Titans this weekend. 
with the Dallas Cowboys head to San Francisco for a very tasty matchup between two excellent NFC teams. Okay. The Chiefs, which were up in New York at MetLife Stadium against the Jets. They were up 17-0. They're able to hold, barely hold on for a win, 23-20. Some controversial calls down the stretch. They ended up getting Sauce Gardner on a penalty and which uh, negated an interception, which would have made it very, very interesting. Um, So the refs do bail out Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs, and they get the win the Chiefs do to go to three and one. And finally, the Monday night football game. The Seattle Seahawks go into New York, MetLife Stadium once again, and smash the Giants 24-3. We talked about Devin Witherspoon before the season started and how this kid was going to be an absolute star out of Illinois, this corner. This kid is a dog, and he likes to hit you, and he likes to rub it in your face, and he is a kind of player you want on your team. Um, So he was drafted fifth overall by the Seattle Seahawks. Everyone said uh, in Detroit that if he would have la- if he would have been there at six, Detroit would have taken him. But he ends up a Seahawk at five, and this kid is going to be a star. Um, so that's going to wrap it up uh, for for this week for the the week four uh, review. And we will we may be taking a little bit of a break here and catch you in a couple of weeks. But we thank you so much for listening and continue to enjoy this incredible NFL action. Powered by Riverside.